back and they score! And Jeru's got it! He deflects it by Antti And the Flyers have some magic left as they win it in overtime. Voracek cutting on in. Voracek to the middle of the shot. He scores! It's time for the 5-Minute Major Podcast. Look at He scores! That's what the people came to see. Now here's your hosts, Matt Mastro Giovanni and Dave Morris. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of Five Minute Major Radio. This week, our introduction is wrong for once. Matt Mastro Giovanni is up in Rochester, New York, helping his grandparents out with some important family stuff. So. Matt, we miss you, but we're joined now this week by another Matt, good friend of the pod. Everyone knows him now. Obviously, we have Matt Hoagie Hoagland. Matt, thanks for coming on this week on short notice. <laughs> of course. Thanks for inviting me on. It's always a good time to hop on the pod, talk some Flyers hockey instead of just tweeting it out and, you know, talking to myself about it because I'm up in the Bruins country, <laughs> so no one cares. <laughs> yeah, if they do care, they're making fun of you, so... That's what yeah, Bruins exactly. <laughs> at least <laughs> this season, at least. Yep. So, so yeah, we always appreciate the good old the AHL call up. I'll make a joke there for <laughs> it last second. Like, hey, get the call up here. But uh, Matt, we do have a good chunk of things to talk about. It's been a um, I feel like the last time we had John too was a bit of an interesting week for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, yeah. While they're winning at times right now, it's not pretty, and overall the team is in is in a bit of a down stretch. Um, you know, to kind of hop things off in our week in review segment here. Um, since the last time we've been back with the podcast, um, the Flyers did, of course, um, play some games there. They finished out that week, that three game series against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Huge win Thursday night. You're down three nothing in the first four minutes. Come back and win the game four three in regulation. That was huge. Saturday. You lose four to three. I had to miss the third period. The Flyers won the third period winning. Brian Elliott lets in probably one of the worst goals of the season. And then the third period is, all right, who wants it? And the Penguins decided they want it. So the Flyers lose that game four to three in regulation. So now the Flyers luckily have still taken three of five from the Penguins this season. So hopefully you can keep that that ratio, that fraction, a decent Flyer advantage. Um they head into a game against Sunday night against the Washington Capitals in which, you know, the refs were pretty awful and there were a couple really bad calls, uh, but this team crumbled. And it's a thing that Matt will address uh, once we get in the meat and potato of the podcast here, but it feels like that Sunday 3-1 loss against the Washington Capitals in which the Flyers did score first off of a very nice goal from Joel Farabee who's having a fantastic season. Literally, they crumbled up. The Capitals tied it quickly thereafter. And then when everything went wrong, they just, it was bad. And it was a, it was a collapse. It was not a good game at all. And then you have, of course, last night's victory. A 5-4 to shootout victory over the lowly Buffalo Sabres. Flyers again, score first early. And then the Flyers decided to say, okay, we're going to take a 10-minute nap here. And, uh... The Buffalo Sabres then proceeded to go up 3-1 in this hockey game. They were up at 4-2 at one point in this game as well. Um, Carter Hart did get pulled after allowing three goals on eight shots. 
not pretty. And you can even tell he did not look confident when he was playing before he got yanked. He did finish the whole first period. Um, but then Moose comes in and, you know, tighten things up a little bit here. And the Flyers did make a good comeback. They came back and it was a it was a very weird game because Matt will touch on this Buffalo game first, obviously, then we can touch on any of the previous games if, that you want. But last night it was kind of a tale of the Flyers' current season. You know, there was a stretch where they came out and they dominated. Buffalo came out early and dominated, and the Flyers took over. And they sat back and played kind of lazy and made a lot of mistakes. And they said, you know what, we're a better hockey team, so we're going to win this game. And that's what they did. The Palpa got cooking. Ghost had a hell of a goal last night with a great shot from the point. You had Drew. You had Hayes. You had your big guys who you need stepping up. They stepped up. Scott Lawton avoided potentially a major injury and for, did return yeah. to the game. Thank God. Um, but Hoagie, what are your thoughts on these past couple games here? I know uh, Flyers Twitter has been a mess. Toxic, as always. <laughs> uh, but I feel like it's even worse of a mess. Um, but yeah. what are your thoughts on last night's game and anything since last Thursday going back to um, the last two games of the Pittsburgh series and, of course, that one game that's the Capitals that happened on Sunday? Sure. Um, you know, that Buffalo game that we went down 3-1, and I was just like – I just – put my my head in my hands i was like what like what is happening like we're a better hockey team than sabers they're in the bottom of the league it's a crucial two points which sucks to say because it's the sabers like they're nowhere near playoff potential at all but it was a must-win game and if the capitals the bruins or the islanders are all picking up points against these teams we need to as well if we want to have any shot in gaining that playoff spot um i think the the big momentum changer in that game was claude Giroux's goal you saw it mm-hmm. in his face he scored that goal and he didn't do like a big hurrah hurrah he was like let's effing go and get on our horses and win this goddamn game <laughs> like and and it's great to see that from from captain g at at times he's kind of disappeared this season but when he's producing like last Thursday in the Pittsburgh game, when he's producing, he's producing, and he's making this team win games. And that that that's what the Pittsburgh game too. Three nothing down, three nothing, and we come back and win four three. And like Drew put the team on his back and said, "No, we're not doing this. I'm tired of losing these types of games. Mm-hmm. We're in a never say die type of attitude." And I love to see that from G. Um, Scott Lawton, that that play where he got flipped and dumped, that was just bad i hated to see that and i was like that's that's my player i love to watch scott lawton and to see him come back and still produce still be physical he he came back out and started making hits started making shots just was everywhere on the ice he was an animal i was like all right he's not hurt he's good to go his assist on hayes goal was a thing of beauty beautiful beautiful and he rarely pulls out those types of those tricks that you know he has them but he's more he's He's reeled back to be a defensive player now, and like when he makes that play, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, that's that, that's that first round pick that we had back in 2012. I love to see that. So, um, yeah, I, that's all I have to say. I mean, I didn't watch Saturday game against Pittsburgh. Saturday was too nice of a day, and I just I watched like five minutes of it. And I was like, nah, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I was able to. I was getting excited because I kept seeing, oh, goal, goal, goal. And I was like, it's 3 3 going to the third. This is not good. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of had a feeling. I had a funny feeling we had to take Jackson, like, puppy training and puppy classes now. And we had to go to a group dog walk. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to miss the whole third period. Of course, the fly- I'm going to leave when the Flyers are tied. I'm like, they're going to lose this game just because that's that's peak Flyer. Um, yeah. But still, you know, like I said earlier in the intro, they have taken three out of five against the Penguins this year. So you can't can't complain too much. And the Penguins, they're like they're like 11-1-1 on home ice this year. For some reason, they cannot lose at PBG Paints Arena. Um, yeah. So it's good that we have one of the regulation wins against them there. So I'll, I'll take yep. one of the regulation losses, I mean, out there. Losses, so that's yeah. That's good for us to have a victory on the a tarnish on their stain there. Um, but man, yeah, last night I feel like last night's game was one of the games where, you know, the previous Buffalo games, Flyers Twitter was amok saying, well, you can't be happy because they should beat these teams. And, you know, it's impressive the fact that you shut out a team three to nothing in back to back games. So, like, I'm yeah. fully, I, I am very happy after those wins. Last night's win was a game that kind of goes, this is a microcosm of this season of this team and its problems. And it's just, when is, and I made like a Twitter and Facebook rant about this earlier after Sunday's loss against the Capitals. Like, when is this management group finally going to see the same problems that we all see as a fan base and as people who analyze the game? We all have been seeing these same problems with this same core for almost a decade now and it seems to me like management turns a blind eye or when they got called out on it like a couple years ago when a fan called out dave hackstall on it dave hackstall told the fan well you don't know what you're talking about and then the person then proceeded to put him in his place um so i'm just wondering when is management ever going to take the proper steps and realize what they've done and it's it's brought on a lot of things and a lot of questions about this team. Um, you know, we we all we I feel like last year convinced the whole fan base and I think part of the team that okay, this team is now good enough to compete for the Stanley Cup. They have now entered the win now, the win it now I put in parentheses window. Even though it's just open, they have a couple years where they have a good team here and they should have a good team for a while. Past two years have been crazy. <laughs> the past yeah. year really with COVID. Yeah, you've got Carter Hart, who has an 888 save percentage, who is not playing well. He's not playing like Carter Hart. And even Carter Hart addresses this. He he called his own play shitty last night in a post game interview. So, you know, at least he's got the level head where he's holding himself to a bar. And AV came out and said, and said, he's not playing well enough. I need him to be better. So you're hoping that Carter can rebound. But I know we touched on this in previous podcasts and already this season. Now is not the time for this fan base and for the Philadelphia sports media to turn on a 22-year-old goalie. We've already done it in the past with Sergei Bobrovsky. Stop it. You had WIP tweet out a poll asking fans if they thought that Carter Hart is the next Carson Wentz. Idiotic. That's idiotic. (laughs) Another thing, too, is Carson Wentz, when he started having his problems, was still three years older than Carter Hart is right now. Yeah. So everyone needs to take a deep breath. Yes, while Carter Hart's not playing well and he needs to work on it, good stats brought up by Adam Kimmelman, um, who is an NHL writer. 
Um, he's their main main editor for NHL.com, so this guy knows his stuff. He decided to go back and compare Elie Vigneault's other starting goalies that he's had in the NHL, star goalies. He's had Henrik Lundqvist and Roberto Luongo, who are arguably probably Hockey Hall of Famers for what they've done internationally. So he took the stats of Carter Hart, of, of King Henrik and Roberto Luongo through 89 games, and they're eerily, eerily similar. Carter Hart is 46-31-7 and seven, with a 276 goals against average and a 911 save percentage. Henrik Lundqvist is 49-26-11, or was 49-26-11, with a 248 goals against and a 914 save percentage. And then Roberto Luongo was 24-50-9 with a 268 in a 9-14. Other than the win differences, because Luongo did play on some pretty bad Islanders and Panthers teams to start his career out, yep. those numbers are very similar. And if Carter Hart can just take his time and figure things out, we're going to be fine. Yep. But Matt, do you have anything to touch on Carter Hart and this fan base? Is all of a sudden, I feel like there's a chunk of the fan base that are Flyers fans that know or have a high confidence that he's going to be okay. And then there's the casual Philadelphia fan who's seeing this and who is panicking and who's, who is answering yes on idiotic internet polls. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to that Adam Kimmelman tweet. Um, he, he replied to it and said, the numbers aren't too far off. Hart is also 22. Same age, same age as the Longo. Lunkos was 24. I think that's pretty – that should just stand out right there. They're young. They're young goaltenders. Like, it's just going to happen. Um, obviously, you you know, I, I write for the Pot Street Bullies. I did a Pot Street pop-off earlier in the season where everybody was like, trade Carter Hart. Let's get something in return. And I kept seeing it and kept seeing it. You kept seeing it. And I was like, no, stop doing this. I was like, if you do this, it's going to bite us in the butt once again, and he's going to go off and be a Vezina-winning trophy for another team just like Bobrovsky did, and we're just going to look stupid. You have to have faith in the kid. If you if you do this, it's already it's already come out that this kid has head problems. Like, it, he goes to psychiatrist and does all types of things, and if you keep beating on him and beating on him, he's not going to get back to the Carter Hart of last year. Obviously, this year is completely different because they're playing games night in and night out, and it's just it's just repetitive. You can't expect someone to just keep going and going and going. And, I mean, he's just had a weird start to his career with this season, last season. He came into the league when we had how many freaking goaltenders? Eight start that season? Like, yep. like what do you expect from the kid? Like... He's had a weird start for, to this Flyers team. Like, just let him relax, get back into his mojo, and just, I, I don't know. It just makes me so frustrated because I'm so excited for this kid in the future. And I know, and right now it's just like, oh, no, he's not doing that great. And, like, I just know that he, he can do better. He knows he can do better. I listened to that uh, post-game interview last night, and he, he just sounded so depressed and so down mm -hmm. on himself and it, it kind of like made me want to like cry and like kick a puppy in anger it's like because <laughs> oh, it, he was just he was not Carter Hart and like he yeah. needs to get back to 
being Carter Hart and, and doing what he does best and saving pucks and winning games. And the fan base has become so toxic around, let's just trade him and, and be done with it. That's not how that works. Yeah. Ride the, hot, ride the hot hand with Brian Elliott and let Carter Hart get back to where he, he needs to be. He's going to learn. The one problem with that is we, we have learned that if you ride Brian Elliott too much, he breaks. He and breaks he breaks well. very badly. And he breaks um, for months. <laughs> yes. Um, it wasn't at Dave Haxall who decided to play him the entire month of December uh, yeah, back in 2017. Like <laughs> and then he proceeded then to miss the rest of the season after that pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So while Elliot is playing great, it's a good rate option to have. Um, what practice time you have this year, Carter Hart, you think it's going to be spending a lot of it with Kim Dallenbach, who's the goalie coach for the Flyers, and there was clips today Jordan Hall was tweeting out of yep. extensive one-on-one work between the two because he needs it. And I feel like Carter has, succeed, has succeeded and been the best goalie at every level he's been at up until now. He's yep. 22. you got to let him marinate, as they it's say. It's a different it, game. <laughs> it's a different game. And you know what's also kind of funny? The same goalie who he's gotten compared to almost his entire hockey career, Carey Price, went through something very, very similar. Came in the league like hot shit, just like Carter Hart did. Then had a bad year. Montreal fans wanted to trade him because they had Yara Halak. Montreal said, no, we're keeping on to Carey. We're going to get rid of Halak. And look how that worked out. Carey Price, mm-hmm. up until three seasons ago, was the best goalie in the world. And arguably, you know, people were saying, when, are, when is Montreal going to win a cup because of him? And he was that <laughs> good. Um, yep. So I feel like Flyers fans in general in Philadelphia just needs to take a step back because, you know, there's a lot of other issues that could be playing a test to Carter Hart's struggles this year. You know, while last year he was fantastic and one of the best goalies in the entire league on home ice, that could have covered up that probably covered up a lot of the issues that we're seeing now with this Flyers team. So that being said, Matt, there's been a lot of discussion about what this team needs to do in regards of a shakeup because it's obvious something needs to happen. You know, while this core is pretty good and has elite level talent, you know, there needs to be a shakeup to make something happen to make the the next pieces kind of fit in right in the puzzle because something just is not working right now. Whether it's the fact that, you know, if they fail to address Matt Niskanen retiring and they haven't brought in that piece to play with Ivan Provorov, whether it's the penalty kill being absolute garbage coached by Mike Yo or the hot garbage mess of the power play thanks to Michelle Terrian, a combination of some moves or some assistant coaching firings, I feel like personally, needs to happen, especially if we're in win-now mode. But the whole thing is, is all right, well, if you're going to make moves this year, it's going to be affected by quarantining because of the deadline, depend because uh, of COVID, and depending on where they're coming from. Um, yes. And then also, do you think to maybe go, well, wait, let's just finish out this year, see what happens, happens, and then we go into next year and say we're going balls to the wall when we have a full season and the world is oh, hopefully quote unquote normal again. Right. So, Matias at home is a big name out there right now. Nashville's a dumpster fire. There's obviously Nashville definitely has been seen scouting at Phantoms games. 
there are some pieces that the Predators would love to get from us. So a trade is feasible. He is a realistic trade option. But just bringing in Matias Sackholm right now isn't going to cover up. Like, adding him with Provorov doesn't fix all the problems this team has right now. Yep. Um, so, Matt, my question to you is, is do you think we need – I, I personally feel like we do need to bring in an addition and then try and work on other things around this season. Like, they do need to bring in other defensemen, and they do need to try and work out some things because, you know, they got to try and make it work because you still have – Drew and Voracek and like this core is going to be different regardless going to next year because of the expansion draft. So you're going to be missing a big piece potentially. So yeah. I still think it needs to be a combination of wait and see and try and fix now. What do yeah. you think they could do going forward? And if there's any person that you would like to see on the flyers, who do you think realistically Chuck Butcher could try and go out and make a trade for? Sure. Uh, I mean, I don't really know. Who, who to go out for. I know Ekholm's like the, the, the man on the list, but it, from what I've heard, it sounds like the Predators are asking the world and then some for him. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. It's kind of like I kind of want to wait and see how this pans out, but I'm kind of tired of watching despicable power plays not scoring. Oh, the, the penalty kill has been getting better. It's not the best. It also depends on who we're playing that night, mm-hmm. but it has been getting better. It depends on. It all depends on who we're playing. But it, I don't know. It's the penalty kill is. It's always been a sore subject. It used to be good like ten years ago, and then it just kind of like went to a slump where like we didn't know what the heck we were doing, just running around chasing men on the ice. <laughs> um, I think I think we have to add somebody into the top six, top nine forwards. So, somebody that to help score. I, I mean, I, that's part of our problem. We we were depending on JVR to score night in and night out for eight, nine games in a row. Like, <laughs> it doesn't well, work. <laughs> luckily, now you've gotten Joel Faraby, who's now yeah. seeing the score goal every night, which thank God for my fantasy team. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but I feel like th- that addition, Matt, not to cut you off, I feel like the addition of finding a scoring piece can be brought and solved from within. If you can just yeah, get good. Travis Konechny scoring yeah. again at what TK we know he can do, there's your missing piece. If Nolan yep. Patrick can put it together, there's another missing piece. And yeah. Oswinblom, <laughs> he is starting to get back to where he was before cancer. Like, he is yep. on the right path. Like, I am, every game I see from Limbaugh, I'm going, okay, he's Back to being he's getting there. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. With with Limblom, he's definitely getting there. He's he's heading in the right direction. Patrick, I I don't know. I hope last night's shootout goal that was nifty. Kind of, it was it was beautiful. And I like I, I almost missed it because I like looked at I was I was writing the the post game article, and I looked down real quick and I looked up and I was like, oh wow, that went in. Like that was nuts. And I hope that goal for him kicks him in the butt and says like. Giddy up and go. Like, start doing things. Like, I, I don't know. Like, there's small glimmers of hope from Patrick we've seen mm-hmm. this season. And it's just like, it's not enough. We need to see more. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm I with you on that. I don't want to trade him, but at the same time, I kind of want to just like, I either move on or something. But, like, look what happened when we traded our last number two overall pick. James Van Reeves, like to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and look how well he did. Now we have him back. Like I don't want to yeah. do that experiment. Again. <laughs> like it's, it doesn't work in our favor. So 
I don't know. It's 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 tough. I feel like defense has always been something that we really should have focused on in the offseason, and now is now more than ever we're seeing just trash defense and tra- it's it's the defense, it's the throwing the pucks off the the boards and not getting it out right. It's it's bad transitions. It's it's just bad defense altogether, and that needs to be fixed. I don't know who who runs defense. I like I don't care. It just needs to be fixed now, and it's not happening. <laughs> I'm tired of it. Yeah, it's so. it's very frustrating. You you finally saw AB come out last night and call players. He came out and said he's like. Ghost has been good this year, which is I can confirm. Ghost has been seems like he's been ghost of old. Um, and then you know he he called out Phil Myers on purpose last night. Yeah, he said he we need him to be more consistent. That's his biggest problem. Is some nights you see Phil Myers and you go, okay, there's Evan Provorov's defensive <laughs> partner for the next you know five years. Like we found our number two guy. And there's some nights where you go. Yikes, he's not ready yet for that. And yeah, it's weird because you've seen him play well with Provorov. You've seen him play really well with Sanheim. So you're like, okay, you know he fits somewhere in your top four, but where does he fit? And then, of course, we've really quickly learned that Eric Gustafson was not going to be the answer to this defense. <laughs> Although, yeah. I mean, I feel like some of us knew that going into this season. Like he was essentially they brought in Eric Gustafson to replace Ghost if they had to, like, just healthy bomb Ghost all the time because Ghost wasn't ready this year. Like, they're like, all right, we're going to bring in Ghost 2.0. If Ghost sucks, here you go. Here's our replacement to fix them. And yeah. they've both been, like, Gus has been better as of late. Um, and I really like Ghost and Gus on the point together on the power play because that is some magic. Uh, that's yeah. one of the bright spots. But... They got to do like, something. I feel like Ghost has, has also like gone in the right direction this year. Like he's he's looked a lot better this season. He looks he looks like the Ghost from a couple years ago, and I feel like yeah. his health. He, it seems to me that you will you we finally have a a hundred and ten percent Shane Goss yeah, Ghost. Yeah, yep, And yep. ideally, he's, he's even noted that he he yeah. feels a hundred percent. He feels like he's back into the swing of things, and I, I love to see that. I like. I'm glad we're not putting a broken ghost onto the onto the ice. <laughs> we've learned that broken ghost does not do good things. <laughs> yeah, right. So he looks a lot better this season. I'm happy to see that because like he was one of my favorites like a couple years ago when he put up that 60 point season or whatever. And like I saw his first NHL goal. I was meeting a bunch of buddies at the at the game. None of them showed up on time and I'm standing there by myself. I'm like, he just scored his first NHL goal. This is awesome. <laughs> like and I like to see him stay if if there's a room if there's a spot for him but like it'll be it'll suck to see him leave it uh, as well like, and my my attitudes towards ghost has like completely like spun <laughs> yeah and it's it's interesting because ideally like you can have ghost play with provrov that works but ideally you want someone else playing with provrov and yeah. then if you put ghost in on your third pair who do you have with them do you stick him with Robert Haig, or do you have Justin Braun? They've tried both. Both have looked okay at times, and both have looked really bad at times. And yep. Braun, since returning from COVID, has been actually pretty good. Um, oh, yes, and Haig has done the—I know, Hoagie, you are a big member of the, of the Bobby <laughs> Hag hive. Um, I'm a little bit more critical of Sir Robert Haig. Um, 
but I'm not like hang him by the pitchfork. Like I'm coming for you. Like he's, he's got good nights and he's got bad nights. And I feel like this year he's definitely had more bad nights than good nights in terms of great. He's been, he's been making like bad tones and and bad plays, but like, uh, and even like one of his strengths was his hitting. I haven't really seen that from him this season yet. He hasn't been that aggressive. You know what? No one has been aggressive on this team. <laughs> that's yeah, that's something we've already touched plenty on this podcast. Scott Lawton got dumped on his head and twisted backwards, and no one stood up. No for one him. did a damn thing. I like. like I was. Can actually see through it and did nothing. Like, yeah, like, I can tell you, Matt, that I know for sure if that happened in one of our dump and change games playing. You were on. Let's say, let's say that happened to Stavi, and me and you were on the ice. Yep. You're in there jumping the guy, followed by me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and if Harrison's on the on team, <laughs> Harrison's jumping over the boards to go pummel the guy into oblivion. So yeah. Yeah, the Flyers need some dump and change feistiness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And it, we're not talking about bringing in, you know, while I have said bring in Ryan Reeves, bring in someone like that. They don't need to do that. They have right. the players who have the cojones. They know how to play physical. Like, Kevin Hayes knows how to get dirty. Scott Lawn, even though he was the victim of a dirty play last night, knows how to get down and dirty with it. Claude, yep. We've seen it from Claude Giroux. Jake Voracek, surprisingly, has this side room where when he gets pissed off, get the hell out of his way because he's killing yeah. everybody. So like they Especially have, last night. <laughs> they have the pe- the pieces there, and it's just so frustrating. And we have said this, I feel like, 15 billion times on this podcast this season, is for how much of a team... This team brags about how close they are in the locker room and how they are off the ice. They don't show it when they're actually playing the the game when something happens. If you're going to say, like, Kevin Hayes, I love you, but for every time I hear you talk about on a a podcast, this locker locker room is the best I've ever been on. We're like brothers out there. Then show it. If one gets, like, suplexed and dumped on his head, jump the guy. (laughs) Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't care about the penalty at that point. You just had Curtis Lazar Saw- try to injure one of your best, one of your best defensive forwards. Do something about it. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. Uh, and of it's, course, it's the, league dropped, the league dropped the ball, and there's been no news. It wasn't a penalty, and there's been no news yeah, of something about discipline. Yeah, I'm not surprised whatsoever. To be no, honest, I'm, they're they're, and, they're all just let that one go. Here's the thing. I'm not surprised because I've expected the NHL to not do the right thing. And that's yep. not the expectation. And if, if they were going to call it, they would just spin the wheel and say, let's see where it lands. It's going to be a fine or a two-gamer because they yeah. don't take things seriously. George Peros is not adequate to run the Department of Player Absolutely Safety. Not. He cannot. He's not doing his job. It nope. is a very hard job because I feel like you're never going to win. With any fan base or any players, but he's not. He's not doing it. <laughs> but he. The problem is, is at least when Colin Campbell was running it, he suspended guys, and the right plays were called. Yep. George Peros is like, oh, if I feel like it, but that's a whole. That's a whole other podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> Matt, do you have anything else to kind of touch on with the Flyers uh, this season before you think we should take an ad break, or do you think we're good to move on? Tell you what, I think if we play the Penguins a couple more times and Mark Freeman's in the lineup, I think he might die. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's all I have to say about that. that. <laughs> because 
I want to know, he's definitely, based off of how the Flyers played him, he must have been really not liked in this team. So yeah. I want to know how he was as a player in Philadelphia, because based off what I saw, he seemed okay. But yeah. then he gets in the lineup for the Penguins, and he's playing to the level where you're like, where was this here? And then you hear the rumors that he was talking shit on the Flyers, the Penguins, to the Penguins team and to their media saying how we have a bad locker room and a bad environment here. Um, and he goes out and he plays like that. And then you see, especially Nolan Patrick take an interest yeah. in finishing his check every time. There's something, there's something there. Yeah. And it was always Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick always, he touched the fuck in the quarter. Patrick's on him, crushing him in the corner. It's like, what, like, what, what's the story there? And then Freeman comes up and tries to knock Patrick on. on and Patrick the, reverse hits him, which is a beautiful Yeah, reverse play. hits him and puts him on the ice. And, and unfortunately, he got hurt during that play. But still, like, Too bad, it's like, so dude. Sad. Yeah, exactly. It's like, dude, you got what you deserve. Like, <laughs> yeah, <don't>, suck it. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't run your mouth. You know, the, the sayings yeah. F around and find out, and Mark Freeman F around and found out. So, yeah. um, you know, hopefully he does get better <laughs> soon. Hum- humanity does come first, even though he's now a Pittsburgh Penguin. Um, but, yeah. Um, I think we definitely spent... Flyers fandom has spent way too much time focusing on Mark Freeman than he deserves, because really, at the end of the day, he's probably not going to be on the Penguins next year. Because based on what we've seen... He's not the level he was playing at. He can't keep up with. So, um, yeah, and I've seen I, him play plenty with the fan. He he didn't even look that good with the Phantoms. Yeah, so. I was never sold on him. I was never sold on him. And then, like, he played a couple games this year. He did AHL type plays and had had that attitude. And I was like, I don't want that. And I was yeah, like, he that's just all made we him- need. He just made a stupid play putting the puck up the middle. Like, what? why? <laughs> why? <laughs> it's because so, he's an yeah. AHL-level defenseman. That's why. Exactly. Yep. Oh, so, yeah. But that's good. <laughs> with that, that will cover our Flyers uh, talk section. So we will be right back here at 5-Minute Major Radio just after this. And we are back here at 5-Minute Major Radio. Um I, of course, have taken over full conductor reins this evening since, of course, we mentioned Mastro is out. Uh, it's, we're going around the league now here. Um, a couple, there's a couple little minor things. Uh, you know, the Calgary Flames do have a new head coach in Daryl Sutter. He used to be coach and GM of that team years ago, back in like 04. Um, and now he's back because something's not clicking with Calgary. You know, Matt, if you've got anything to say on that. You know, there's not really much to talk about there. Just Flames, again, underachieving team. Daryl Sutter, yeah. old school coach, might get them the, in the right direction. Yeah, I just know there's a there was a lot of backlash on when he was hired. I guess there, guess he, I don't know. I, I think it all stemmed from um, Carcillo tweeting out some things. But you know what? If he's a good coach and can turn a team around, I mean, he, let, hey, him, he, let him go. He helped build, you know, those early Calgary Flames that had Jerome McGill on them. He won two cups with he the LA won the Kings. Cups with the Kings. Yeah, he knows exactly how to win. So. He, he is a exactly. winner. And you hear the Sutter name and you think, okay, hockey royalty. So, yeah, um, exactly. And the other thing too is Brent Seabrook um, announced his retirement. Of course, he hasn't played since last year. 
still has three more years on his contract where he's making about $6.9 million. So he is not officially retiring. He's going on long-term IR because he's not forfeiting that money. Um, You know, three-time Stanley Cup champion, Olympic gold medal. Um, When you think of those Chicago Blackhawk teams, you think of that top pairing of him and Duncan Keith in their prime. You know, that was probably the best defense pairing in all of hockey. Um, While he did burn us and, of course, won a cup in in 2010, I was going to say 010, 2010 against <laughs> the Blackhawks against us. Um, he had one hell of a career. Um, I don't think, you know, he never won any league awards, really. Um, he never put up crazy offensive numbers. But I feel like when he did score on defense, it was a big goal. And he oh, played yeah. a great shutdown role. So he's probably going to have his, re- not reti- his number retired, <laughs> if I can speak, by the Chicago Blackhawks. So... Um, a great career for Siebes, and you know I wish him personally nothing but happiness now, and um, I'm sure you'll probably see him working in some capacity with the Blackhawks probably in the near future. Oh, yeah. Yep. Speaking of Blackhawks, Patty Kane playing game 1000 last night, unbelievable. It's just that that kid. I still call him a kid, but he he's still playing. He's still he's still kicking, man. He he can still score. So yeah, he ain't a kid. Yeah, he ain't a kid anymore. A thousand games is pretty crazy, and he's got he's got over a thousand points. He just got his four hundredth goal this 400th. season. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing a lot of hubbub of people calling him, you know, the best American hockey player ever. And I I still think Mike Madonna earns that. But you know, if if Kaner keeps it the way he's going, he could overtake Mike Madonna. So yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean. He's a good hockey player, that's, that's for damn sure. He's had some questionable <laughs> things off the ice, but man, while I do love JVR, if things went our way in that draft lottery oh, in 07, could you have win. imagined a core? Could you imagine a line, potentially, that had Claude Giroux oh, and Patrick Kane Patrick on it? Kane. Oh my gosh. In their this primes? Team be, this team would be different. Completely different. Probably would have won a couple championships, just like yeah. the Blackhawks did. As yeah. I whisper that into my microphone. Um, but en- enough Blackhawk love, even though my dad, <laughs> rest in peace, was a great Blackhawk fan. Uh, but moving on, there's the kind of the biggest bomb to drop, uh, announced today. Starting next year, it seems like the NHL is moving away from NBC. They have announced, um, a groundbreaking seven-year agreement with the Walt Disney Company, ESPN, and ABC, and, of course, in adding in Hulu and ESPN+. Plus. Um, so the NHL is making the return back to ESPN, which is, I feel like, fantastic. You're now going to get the world's biggest sports television, you know, monopoly, essentially, covering NHL yeah. hockey again. Fingers crossed they bring back Gary Thorne, who was quoted on saying he would love talking to ESPN about coming back to do play-by-play. So ESPN, get her done, pitter-patter. Um just some couple, you know, highlight big points that, that the NHL PR tweeted out today. Of course, it's a seven-year television deal, streaming and media rights, um, exclusive coverage of the Stanley Cup Final on ABC in four of those seven years. So that's huge. You're getting the Stanley Cup Final in four or seven years on, you know, exclusively on a not cable network. That's huge. Um, yep. Half of the Stanley Cup playoffs will be on ABC and ESPN each season. There will be 25 exclusive national regular season games on ABC or ESPN. 
75 national regular season games will stream exclusively both on ESPN Plus and Hulu. An out-of-market streaming package, a.k.a. formerly known as NHL.TV, um, will only be available now as a part of an ESPN Plus subscription. So those are kind of the changes there. Um, overall, and plus I think the NHL is making about $400 million in revenue off of this, which is huge. Um, yeah. Gary, um, Bettman was, Gary Bettman was quoted as saying um, that the salary cap is probably staying at the same level or flat for the next four years because of COVID. Um, but I still have my fingers crossed that you put in a soft cap with the luxury tax because then the Flyers and like the Maple Leafs and other teams can go spend money, which would be nice. Yep. Um, but overall, I think I'm just sta- I'm ecstatic over this. NBC was great. They, there still might be some games on NBC. Uh, apparently, Fox and CBS are trying to go pitch little other proposals to get pitch some other proposals together to get some other games on their channels. So that could still be a good thing. I don't think NBC Sports Philadelphia is going anywhere. Like you're still going to have your regional networks that cover Flyers games, etc. Um, but overall, I just feel like this is the a step in the right direction because this is where the NHL was covered by ABC and ESPN and essentially Disney up until the 05 lockout. Yep. And then we've touched on this too. They came back from that lockout. ESPN said, no, thank you. And the NHL returned to the Outdoor Living Network, which became Versus, which is now NBC Sports Network. So you went from being on major, major sports television to the B-list. Now you're back on major, major sports television again. So I'm all here for it. I think it's a great move. I think it's going to improve the game. It's going to get the game and more. It's going to get the game more accessible and get it much more airtime, which is at the end of the day, the best thing for it. Yep. Absolutely. I don't have much to say about this. It's just Disney just adding another. It's like it's the Thanos uh, gauntlet. He's just adding another. Infinity gauntlet. Yeah, it's getting another stone. <laughs> stone. <laughs> like, ah, I got, I got the NHL now. <laughs> I mean, so. I just, I mean, I, I had chills when they announced it. Like, I immediately went to YouTube and just started looking up Gary Thorne, how he quotes, and just like, when, when, when you get to, I think the ultimate Gary Thorne clip of him announcing Joe Sackick handing Ray Bork the Stanley Cup. Like it's it's goosebumps every yeah, right. time. Yeah. Um, so ESPN needs to find a way to get Gary Thorne <laughs> back because um, I feel like you know you had Doc up until this past year, and Doc retired. Excellent. You need to have that other voice for hockey. So um, yeah, you need to have some something or someone. And there's plenty of great announcers out there. So I feel like Gary. It's, it's only fitting that Gary Thorne comes back to the NHL. Um, but with that, really, Matt, that's all I've got for this week. If you have anything uh, else that you want to touch on for around the league, we can keep on going. But, uh, for once, I think we actually kept the podcast to around 45 minutes, which is impressive for us. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, even with how abysmal this team has been playing, we're, we still, well, kept that's it, the funny kept it thing located. because. With how abysmal the Flyers have been this season, the same issues are the same issues we've been ranting about yeah, all season it just long. Gets tired. So it's like, well, I don't want to like for people who listen, 
you don't want to have them tune in and go, well, they said all these things last week and the week before that. Like, no one's going to want to hear it again. Like, we all know what the problems are. They just seem to go out and friggin' fix it. So. Yep. Yep, exactly. But um, any upcoming articles, Matt, that you've got for Pod Street Boys or friends over there that you might want to give over <sighs> for our um, listeners? Lately, I don't know what anybody's been uh, been working on. I think I might dive into a little Carter R comparison after seeing that Adam, Adam uh, Kimmelman um, tweet. I've kind of wanted to dig in a little bit more, see how he compares to like a Carey Price or goaltenders of that caliber. Uh, so I might I might try to do that over the next week or so. Um, you can always check out our post game recaps or. Uh, weekly previews. Uh, Matt Casey puts out a great three storylines before every game. They're pretty. Uh, they're pretty funny. <laughs> so check those they out. They are very good. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're we're cranking. You know, just trying to trying to have some fun with it. That's all. I can so. tell you that the, the Slack chat's going every day, and it's usually every it's day. A, <laughs> it's a good mix of stuff. There's always some good conversations going on there. All the yeah. I gotta throw my hat in the ring ring one of these days. Yeah, it's just, it's absolutely. Been, it's just been so busy. Like, it's... yeah, no, I, <laughs> I get it. Saturday, I got a text from Derek at like twelve fifteen, like right before game time. He's like, "Yo, take this weekend off. Don't write post game recaps." I was like, "Yo, you sure?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's just, what I do." <laughs> he's like, "Just don't do it." I was like, "All right," like, and that, like that, I did, that's why I didn't watch the game. I was like. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I haven't just like watched a game. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's weird almost like to get on a personal level. Like it's hard, like at times almost to like, I love hockey and it's, it's like my life, but there are times where I'm watching game and I'm like, sometimes it feels like work almost because you got to make sure that you're making sure you're paying attention to what's going on. So that way you can give good analysis on the podcast or if you have a, a piece to write. So I just lost all audio. So I don't know what you said. So I'm just going to roll with it. It's all good. And you can it's just, you just Hoagie completely agrees <laughs> with me. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming on, Matt. We're going to go ahead and uh, I think we're going to wrap this one up for this week. So, with that, Matt, again, thanks for coming on. Um, we'll be back next week, of course, with another podcast because um, we're keeping on cranking. As long as the Flyers are playing, they're going to keep on coming. So with that, everyone, keep on staying safe, stay healthy, and let's go Flyers. Let's go Flyers. <laughs>